You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to the week six edition of the Ride in NFL DFS podcast, a rundown of the week six plays that I am looking at for cash games mostly with a few dart throws uh, in tournaments thrown in. Before we go any further, if you are someone that listens and loves the podcast and has not rated it yet, please do so. I, I feel like I've been shot through the heart. Got my first one-star rating at some point over the last week. Uh, if you're still listening, I'm sorry that I wronged you, that you hit the one-star. But that's okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, if you are of the opinion that this is a enjoyable, informative podcast, please go ahead and rate and review this as soon as you are done listening. I would greatly appreciate it. I don't know if you could pick up on mannerisms through a podcast, but I just bowed my head in appreciation for your support. Okay, so this week, it is currently Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, if you're someone who listens to this before the showdown kicks off, my week five recap has some showdown plays. I think it's a pretty unique slate to take advantage of. But this week, there is some value shaping up. Um, so at quarterback, it's just got to be Lamar Jackson. I think he is far and away the best value. It has a lot to do with him being on Monday Night Football. Um, so if he played on Sunday and went for 40 DraftKings points or even 25 or 30, he'd probably be like 8.4K, not 7.4K. Um, on DraftKings, so I think he is in a really good spot. The Chargers are a you know extremely extremely good offense. They're going to put points on the board. I think the pace is going to be pretty frenetic in this game uh, with the with the Ravens. We saw Lamar when he needs to put points on the board when they need that up tempo pace. He can do it. We saw it last week against the Colts. I think it's going to be a similar game script. And the only worry that I have, but it's not even really a worry because Lamar is involved heavily in the run game as well, the Chargers this season have been letting teams run, right? They're not stacking the box. They're playing more bend, don't break defense. Um, they're just not, they're trying not to give up massive chunk plays. Um, they're kind of saying, you know, take your five yards a clip and we hope we'll hope that you you know make a mistake on on a long drive down the field. I mean it's a it's not a popular defensive strategy, but it's definitely one that's been utilized in the past. But I think Lamar being part of the run game doesn't really matter. Plus I think there's just going to be a good amount of points to go around. So definitely Lamar Jackson far and away the top play at quarterback. I don't really see much else that I love like for tournaments. I think a Taylor Heineke stack is pretty solid. Um, Carson Wentz is cheap. I like stacking him with Michael Pittman and Brandon Cooks as like a skinny stack. I could see Pittman and Cooks accounting for like 
more than half of the the fantasy points from pass catchers in that game. So I think that's a decent stack. I guess those guys are okay in cash if you really need it, but I don't see a way I can get off of Lamar at quarterback uh, in week six. Just don't think I'm going to do it. So uh, a good amount of value has opened up at the running back position, and running back's getting really funky because the studs are like, gone. We used to try to jam in two or three studs no matter what, and they're just not on the board anymore. Christian McCaffrey didn't practice today after practicing for like a week straight. It doesn't look good for him. There's a bunch of, you know, really solid studs not even on the slate. Um, you know, so like your our best payup options are Austin Eckler a banged-up Dalvin Cook, an inconsistent Aaron Jones, uh, a Nick Chubb who's not involved in the passing game, and Ezekiel Elliott who is splitting a lot of his touches with Tony Pollard. Um, so, I mean, a Jonathan Taylor who's splitting half of his touches with Naheem Hines, the combination of Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack. So it's really, really tough to love these high-priced backs. I do like... Austin Eckler, um, especially in a game that I just said I thought was going to have a lot of points. He's 7,900. He is being used all over the field. He's back involved in the passing game. Um, I think he is in consideration for cash, absolutely. Then I think we have to consider, obviously, Daryl Williams at 4,900. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will not be in. And when you get a starting running back at that price, you know, in a game that I, I suspect also has a good amount of points, Daryl Williams for sure. And it's not like, you know, Daryl Williams is a back that they trust. They kept him around. You know, they released Darwin Thompson. They let Damian Williams go. They believed in Daryl Williams, knew that this could be the case, that he would eventually have to assume the role of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if an injury took place. I think Daryl Williams is an excellent play to get some uh, some value in your lineup. Chuba Hubbard obviously becomes an option at 5,900 with Christian McCaffrey uh, looking doubtful to play. So, I mean, there's two really nice options. Damian Williams was just put on the COVID list right before I started recording this podcast. Khalil Herbert, rookie out of Virginia Tech, could very well be the lead back against the Green Bay Packers for the Chicago Bears in week six. He's only 4,600. And, you know, the build sets up pretty nicely, to be honest. Like, never in my wildest dreams, shout out Taylor Swift, had did I think that I would be paying under 5K for two running backs at any point in the NFL DFS season, but, you know, the pricing is almost starting to dictate that. You know, the studs aren't great, and, you know, the the value is just, it just, the stars have aligned for extreme value. Uh, some other options, Jonathan Taylor, like Lamar, gets that pricing neglect from Monday night, had a monster game. The usage really wasn't there, though. Like, he made excellent work of his touches, took that 75-yard swing pass to the house, um, but he only saw about 50% of his team's touches, so I don't know, not extremely interested there. Uh, Daryl Henderson 
also very interesting at 6K against the Giants. He is obviously the lead back. Projects for about 20 touches this week in a game that they should, you know, should have in hand. So maybe even some more touches for Daryl Henderson. DeAndre Swift makes a lot of sense at 6,300. It's really tough to play someone. I, I had DeAndre Swift in my single entry tournament lineup last week that um almost took down uh, a few single entries but it, it's really tough to roster DeAndre Swift when Jamal Williams is involved so much and it's not like I mean they don't split 50-50 uh DeAndre Swift played 73% of the snaps last week saw six targets 11 carries the issue is that when Jamal Williams is in the game, he is getting touches. Uh, they don't just spell him and then throw the ball. like That happens a lot. Uh, but he is getting work as well. He is getting a, a solid number of touches. So it's frustrating to see him come in a lot. But Williams is getting the high-value touches, right? He's in, he's in near the goal line. He does get targets. So I think DeAndre Swift is definitely playable, especially at 63 against the Cincinnati Bengals. That is a a pretty good price, a pretty good matchup for DeAndre Swift. He actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, rates out as the top value on 4 for 4. That's pretty much it. Like, I wouldn't fault anybody for playing, I don't know, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, his 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 role is there despite Tony Pollard. I wouldn't I wouldn't fault anybody for playing Nick Chubb, that's just not the type of uh, not the type of player that I'm looking at in cash. There really isn't any stud running back, aside from maybe Austin Eckler, that profiles like a guy I want to play. So I just think I won't be playing. I'll be kind of hovering in the mid-range for, a, you know, like a Daryl Henderson, a, a Khalil Herbert, a Daryl Williams. Those type of guys are going to make up, uh, are going to have, you know, a lot to say uh, when I am creating my cash lineup. I think DeAndre Swift is a solid bet uh, for, you know, three to four Xing his salary. Uh, I know we talked about Chuba. Uh, I guess we could talk about Devontae Booker. He is, you know, he, my issue is he has Mike Glennon at quarterback and he's facing the Rams defense. I don't think there's going to be, you know, much potential for a ceiling game for Booker. He could finish with like 80 total yards and like six catches, which at 5400, you know, if he's if he hits 15, you you're not disappointed, but um I think he would need to, you know, fall into the end zone twice for him to really smash, and I don't think that that's going to happen. I wouldn't fault you for playing him though. Would not. I do think Jamal Williams and Joe Mixon are really good tournament plays this week. Mixon looked good last week despite only playing half the time with Samaje Pirine. But uh, Samaje is on the COVID list. Not sure if he's going to go. And, you know, if Mixon gets full work, a full workload, he's probably going to be under-rostered and uh, a solid bet for, for at least having uh, a ceiling outcome in his range of outcomes. Same thing for Javante Williams. Just looks so awesome, so explosive, used in every facet of the the, on every part of the field every facet of the offense just needs 
Melvin Gordon to kind of take a backseat to him. Uh, I think, you know, against the Raiders, 5K, pretty solid play. Okay, so what rostering two running backs under 5K can do for you is allow you to pay up for Devontae Adams and another somewhat stud receiver, whether that be Terry McLaurin or Cooper Cup or, um, I don't know, Jamar Chase even potentially. The build is different than I than I would have ever imagined. You know, I'm always, I'm like hardcore stud running backs, guaranteed touch running backs, but it's just not happening in that high dollar range this week. And there are some excellent pay-up wide receivers like Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Those guys are going to see double-digit targets. You know that. It's a PPR format on DraftKings, obviously. So, you know... The winds of change may be altering my strategy in terms of roster construction for this week, right? I mean, if the big dog was on the slate, if Kamara was on the slate, if McCaffrey was healthy, if Dalton Cook was healthy, it would be a different story for sure. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way pricing has dictated. I really like Brandon Cooks. 50% of the Houston Texans air yards are going Brandon Cooks' way and a third of their targets. Insane. Like I mentioned, Terry McLaurin, 7,100. Washington is down to him and Ricky Seals-Jones. I mean, they are going to be pulling guys to play receiver out of the stands at this point. Uh, So I do like Terry McLaurin. Very condensed target share there. Michael Pittman, super underpriced. He, along with Taylor and Jackson, get that Monday night pricing neglect. 5,500. He's up there. as well, almost 40% of the Colts' air yards looked like he has things clicking with Wentz. The offense in general looks really good. I like Michael Pittman. I think, uh, you know, we can consider Tyler Boyd at 7,300. Uh, excuse me. I was reading, I was looking at Tyler Boyd's name, but I meant to say we could consider DJ Moore. At 7,300, I think Carolina and Minnesota is somewhat of a sneaky shootout. And, you know, nothing really changed last week except for the fact that the game was such a slugfest with the Eagles. Um, There was barely any scoring from either team early on. It resulted in only seven targets, five for 42. Obviously, you don't love that from a guy that's 7,300. But if you look at the two weeks before, you got you know, 100 yards and, and and two touchdowns. So, and I mean, 11, 12, and 12 targets in his three games. Before that, he's playing all the snaps this week against Minnesota. I really think, you know, both teams could get up and down the field. Really unique weapons at wide receiver on both teams. So I think DJ Moore is in play um, as one of those second stud wide receivers. Uh Again, I mean, I don't think I could play Robert Woods at 6,100. His price has come up. I think that I don't. I don't. I want to say that his game last week was an anomaly, but I don't think that that's going to be uh, consistent moving forward. Again, with Amari Cooper and, and Ceedee Lamb, I don't know. They, especially against New England in New England, I know they both scored last week, but it's they're, they're, they just don't get that volume that I like to see from 6K receivers. Uh, You know, I would rather play, I know he's not on the slate, but I'd rather play 
Deontay Johnson, who like I can bank on for 10 to 14 targets. You know, Amari Cooper's getting there with like four and five targets, and it's just not great. You know, it's not great to rely on that little volume for you to hit value uh, in DFS. I think Jacoby Myers is interesting against Dallas. You know, Dallas is going to have a ton of receivers. Jacoby is just getting targeted like a beast. Obviously, we can't forget to mention Miko Hardman with Tariq Hill uh, likely out. Hunter Renfro is interesting at 4,900. He's caught five balls in every game this year, I believe. If we want to look for cheap plays, I know a lot of people are talking about Rashad Bateman. I don't know if I would play him in cash. Actually, I know I'm not going to play him in cash. Even at 3K, coming off of you know a, a long, long layoff uh, with the injury. But Daryl Mooney is very interesting. 4,300 has obviously dis- developed a, a solid connection with Justin Fields, um, I think at 4,300 against the Packers, they're probably going to be throwing one deep shot, and 4,300 is value is hit, so I really like that. T. Higgins against the the Lions is uh, definitely doable. He had a touchdown called back last week, or his stat line would have read like 6 for 50 in a touchdown which I think would have drawn a lot more attention than his five for 40, uh, I believe, that he had. So, you know, I, I really think watching the games says a lot, uh, or, you know, you can see a lot of things outside of what the stats can tell you. I like, you know, meshing them both. Uh, Rondell Moore should see a lot of volume this week. Max Williams is out. You would expect the Cardinals to transition to more three and four wide receiver sets. He ran more routes than Christian Kirk last week, which was a good sign. Um, And not that I'm going to play him in cash, but Robbie Anderson at 4,800 is just way too cheap. We see this all the time. And I absolutely hate historical trends. I really do. I hate when, you know, people place side and total bets because over the last 20 years, you know, because Jim Kelly diced up the Dolphins in 1993, and Doug Flutie did it in 1999, and then Rob Johnson did it a few a few years later. And the Bills are are seven and zero against the spread in Miami when it's over 75 degrees. I absolutely hate those trends. However, the 4K receiver that used to be 5K, that used to be 6K, that used to be 66K. We see them go off. You know, we see it a lot. And obviously it's not all the time. But off the top of my head, Will Fuller, two years ago, I believe, dropped down from, you know, he was six, five, six K first few weeks of the year. All of a sudden he's 48K and bang, goes for like 48 DraftKings points. Christian Kirk, dropping, dropping, salaries dropping, not producing like he should, dropping, dropping, bang, three touchdowns, you know, and you had to have him in cash both weeks because they were popular because people catch on. So potentially Robbie Anderson, uh, definitely a tournament play, if not a cash play. You know that, you know that guys that just miss my cash game roster are often, you know, heavily weighted in my tournament lineups. Uh, And that is pretty much all I see. 
uh, at wide receiver. Obviously, like guys like Justin Jefferson are in play. Studs are in play. Uh, but the value is is really, it's kind of concentrated this week. I mean, this week really, really sets up to go cheaper at running back and pay up for some stud receivers. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be very, it's going to feel very weird to do so. But I think it's going to be the structure that I'm leaning towards this week. Uh, but there is value, right? There's, you know, there's Michael Hardman. There's Daryl uh, Darnell Mooney, there's Robbie Anderson. So if you are someone that is not building that stud-heavy wide receiver lineup, uh, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, there's guys below 52-5300 that can uh, that can suffice. Tight end again for me pretty cut and dry. I think I already even mentioned his name, Ricky Seals Jones, man. Um, he looked pretty solid in the football team's uh, game in week five. You know, obviously I had him as my cash game tight end, so I was honed in, watched that game a ton. He was, and this is another, you know, tail of the tape type thing, not the box score. So he had eight targets, led the Redskins in targets, played 82 of 83 snaps, basically ran a, a, a route on every one of... T- Taylor Heineke's drop back. Like, they're not keeping him in the block. Saw eight targets, team high, five catches for 40 yards. What the box score does not tell you is that two of those targets that he did not reel in should have been touchdowns. One, I guess you could say it was a drop. It was a little bit uh, through his outstretched arms. The other he caught, and it was jarred loose by a hit in the end zone. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's going to play nearly 100% of snaps, see eight targets, two in the end zone, you know, should have had at least one touchdown. I mean, I don't know if if Seals Jones is going to be popular this week. I imagine he is because he's so cheap at 3K on DraftKings. But I can tell you one thing is for sure. If that 5 for 40 line, if he caught one or two of those touchdowns and that 5 for 40 line was six for 50 in a touchdown or seven for 60 in, in two touchdowns, he'd be like 50, 60, 70% owning cash. I don't think we're going to see that this week, but I think that he is the best point per dollar option. Obviously, we can look at Travis Kelsey 7K with a bit more of a concentrated target share in Kansas City. Mark Andrews, like all the rest of the Colts and Ravens players, all. Oh, didn't get a pricing bump after his massive game. Hunter Henry has looked really good. I like Hunter Henry. If he doesn't make my cash game roster, I do like him in tournaments. He saw eight targets. His production just keeps going up, up, and up. Um, you know, his his snaps are okay. They're in the 60 or 70 range each week. But, you know, eight targets last week. He started out three targets, four targets, six targets, five targets, eight targets. So, you know, he's pretty much on the rise here. Uh, scored in his last two. I think, you know, against the Cowboys, they can be thrown on. I like the uh, I like the prospects of Hunter Henry. Those are really the only guys that I am considering in cash. Basically because, you know, I feel like my quarterback and 
tight end spots are locked up. Um, Jackson and Ricky Seals-Jones. And then I'll just have to figure out what I'm doing at the skill positions, running back wide receiver. Uh, defense, you know, defense is whatever. I think the Lions against the Bengals is interesting. Um, I think the Colts against the Texans is interesting, although I'm never going to pay 3500 for a cash defense. Uh, on the opposite side, though, the Texans versus the Colts, 2200 interesting. The Ravens against the Chargers, you know, we always say it doesn't matter if a team's going to score. If a team, if, if a game's going to be 35 to 30, uh, you know, and it's going to be a ton of dropbacks, we're fine rostering that defense in hopes that, you know, they get some sacks, they get a, maybe a, a fumble or a pick or something like that. In fact, and I reference this a lot, the game a few mon- a few years ago on Monday night when the Chiefs and Rams scored like 100 combined points, Defense has scored a good amount of points in that in those games, so it's all about dropbacks and opportunities, not so much the you know allowing points. I mean, you you guys see it when you're watching your DFS scores uh, on Sunday. You know, you get ten points to start, one touchdown brings you down to four points. Another touchdown brings you down to two points, three points, two points, whatever it may be like two scores and you're already at two points. So it's not really worth worrying about holding teams down because everyone's going to score at least once. You know, there's not many shutouts in the NFL. So teams are going to score. So it's not it's not worth it to worry about your defense is earning points from a shutout or holding a team to a touchdown because it's really not that lucrative in the first place. You want offensive line, defensive line mismatches and a lot of dropbacks because you want the chances for fumbles, sacks, picks. Running the ball is not really going to get it done, right? All right, that will do it. As always, my core four article and a few of the stacks that I like will be up on 4 for 4 on Friday. Be sure to check that out. I always update that on Sunday if anything changes like last week. When Madison was in as the starter, I updated him as a core for play. Uh, That was kind of obvious, though. I'm sure you guys slotted him in without me having to tell you. But uh, that'll do it. Please go rate the podcast. Good luck in all of your Week 6 DFS and betting contests. (laughs) 